talking baseball. Klazuski, Campanella talking baseball. The man and Bobby Feller, the scooter, the barber and the nuke. They knew them all from Boston to Dubuque, especially Willie, Mickey and the Duke. This is the Home Run Porch on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Will Thompson and Kevin Kennedy filling in for Couch Potato Radio and Derek Hansen. How's it going, Kevin? Dude, listening to that song gave me goosebumps. <laughs> I'm so ready for this season. Well, the opening day is only 42 days away. I saw a post today that said, Let's be honest, opening day, the first day of baseball is when catchers and pitchers report. And that day was yesterday. It was yesterday. And today, Absolutely. and I think everybody's in camp now, at least uh, down in uh, Fort Myers for the Twins, it looked like. Yeah. 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 First game of the preseason, well, spring training is what we call it here in baseball, yeah. coming up next Friday. Yeah, they're playing the U of M, your alma mater, right? Oh, yeah. Every year they start uh, with their first game against the U of M, and yep. it's no different this year, Friday the 23rd, I don't know if we're carrying that one on our airwaves, but if you're itching for baseball, the very next day, they play a professional team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, at mm-hmm. noon, and I can tell you that that will be on our airwaves next Saturday. Now, And people that are, follow baseball the way we do know that they're, they're, they're looking more at uh, just getting the guys in opening day shape. It's it's not a baseball game. in The, the guys aren't playing nine innings. No, no. <laughs> you know? Um, and there's no pitch count. Well, there is pitch counts. They're going to have the guys pitch, and they'll let them know before the game. You know, you're going to pitch two innings. That's what you're going to do, and they mm-hmm. don't really worry about the uh, score, although the players want to hit home runs and get on base and do everything that they do. It feels good to um, watch them play well in spring training, yeah. but honestly, for me, the fun of it is just watching them play again yeah. after six months of, of no baseball. And also, the the cool thing about you went to spring training was it last year you went yes it was last year yeah yeah and that was your first time ever right yes and what okay so what was that experience like well it was incredible first of all I, I how can't, many games did you see we saw four uh, twins preseason games yeah. and then in the middle of the week we had Wednesday off twins had Wednesday off we went down to Miami uh, and we caught two World Baseball Classic games okay me and my father and my sister my mom stayed at the the Airbnb with our dog. Oh. Um, you brought the dog down too. Okay. We did. It was his last trip. Uh, oh yeah, with yeah, us. gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Um, what? Okay, you went about mid. You went in March last year, right? So it was about mid preseason, or did you go early on? It was about mid preseason. By the time we had gotten there, starters were playing about six innings okay. in the field. Um, they were still only pitching about two or three. Um, the starters, that is, uh, bullpen people would come in and pitch one then. Um, and then the, when they pulled the starters, you would get the top prospects. So. Um, Willie Castro went in really quickly, you know, and he played on the major league roster last year. Wow. Um, Emmanuel Rodriguez was one of the first, uh, substitutes that was there. Uh, the Monday game, they played the Yankees and we were sitting down center field and, and Emma comes into the game and I think it was the seventh inning when he came in and it was so cool. And you know, he hasn't made his debut yet. It might happen this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was excited about him a full year ago at this point. What? I from when I was a kid, I remember how loose preseason, you know, games were to the point that I remember games where the game was going on and you'd see like the starters would end, and now they've got the second round and maybe some AAA guys that are playing with with varsity. Listen to me, playing with the main major league team. But I remember 
guys walking. I, and I'm like, what are these guys doing? They're walking out to the warning track out there. And there'd be two guys, usually pitchers. And they would be running sprints in the outfield while the game was going. On. Oh, really? Yeah, they would. They would be running out there, and that's how loose it was. And it was. It was cool. And the guys would come out, and they'd be signing autographs during the game. And you know, but now I know with you know so many of these facilities having multiple fields, mm-hmm. so that the guys that aren't playing are maybe working out on another field, taking grounders, that sort of thing, or doing drills, yeah, or running on other fields. So, well, they're that. so advanced. The, the, the facilities have everything you could possibly want. Um, but you could stand in the stands and, you know, look one way, and you're looking on the uh, the field, and, okay, we're playing a spring training game over there. And then you look the other way, and they got the practice fields, and, oh, oh yeah, there's like 13 people. Oh, is that Carlos Correa? Why isn't he on the field? Like, he's mm-hmm. practicing right now. It's a good experience. If you, if you have the opportunity to go down to spring training in Fort Myers, I, I recommend it to everybody. Okay, so that complex, the Twins complex, how many fields do they have in that complex? I mean, obviously the stadium where they – because their single-A team plays at that stadium during the year, right? Yes. And or no, I, double-A, I believe. Oh, it's uh, double-A. Okay. Yeah, yeah single-A's in Kern, uh, Cedar Rapids, the Colonels. Uh, the Mighty oh, Muscles are okay. in double-A Fort Myers. What about their rookie ball? Is that play there too or something like yep, that? Yep, rookie ball is in the Florida complex as well. So in the, the major league side of things – I wanted to say they have 11 fields there, and then I think they have a couple wow. more for the minor leaguers. And can you see them? Like when you're in this, the stadium part of it, obviously there must be a parking lot there right next to it. Mm-hmm. So then you're just looking behind the stadium, and there's just fields going off as far as you can see kind of stuff. You can walk around anywhere in the complex. Really? I Yeah, I stood um, literally a foot away from Byron Buxton um, while he was warming up to go take some live pitching. I think Kenta Maeda was pitching to him. But I was closer to him than I am to you right now, Kevin, as he was warming up. Wow. Yeah. It's really cool. My my mom cool. really liked Nick Gordon because one day he was just kind of standing around. And again, she was closer to him than I am to you right now. And she mm-hmm. goes, good morning, Nick. And he goes, well, good morning. So that's why she, she really liked Nick Gordon. She was there a lot it. of people? I mean, the, 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 you get the people that come down from up in this area because they, you know, they make a trip and they want to watch a week or something like that. But are there Florida people that live down there year-round that are, or at least down there in the winter, snowbirds that are going to the games? I mean, you got people that really get into spring training baseball. We met some people that weren't Twins fans. They were just there because that's what they do in the spring. They go around Mm -hmm. to all the places and view it. So I think, yes, I would say the majority of people uh, were there on vacation to see Twins because they're Twins fans. Yeah. Um, then the next group would probably be snowbirds that live down there, uh, and they just they're twins fans and they want to see it. But yeah, there's there's people of all kinds of backgrounds that come through. Okay, they, they're so, not even twins fans sometimes. So for people that don't understand, I've been to Florida twice, but I don't understand the geography really. And I know Fort Myers is further south towards Miami, correct? Um, it's south of Tampa, right? It is south of Tampa, if I'm remembering correctly. No, no, I think it's north of. Uh, okay, so uh, but around Fort Myers where they play, um, what other teams? Because I know a lot of it's ge- geographical. Because you have the Arizona League and you have the Florida League, so you have teams that just are just going to play teams that are around them. Who else is around the Twins down there? Okay, I'm looking it up. Fort Myers is south of Tampa. Okay. It's it's in the bay that's just south of Tampa. Okay. Um, they are they are strewn about. None of them are actually particularly close. I don't think there's any other ones in Fort Myers. Maybe yeah. Boston is actually now that I'm thinking about it. Um, but they're strewn all up and down that coastline. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and you, I, you can probably get to. There's 15 in Florida, 15 in the okay. Cactus League in uh, Arizona. Gotcha. Okay. You can probably get to seven or eight of them within a, an hour or so of okay. driving from Fort Myers. Because um, yeah, Fort Myers is about as south. Looking at the map here, you got Naples, which is a little farther south there. But after that, you're just getting into the Everglades and the the, the swampiness, and there's mm-hmm. there's nothing there at all. So yeah. I wonder, did, maybe this will tell you that. Look at that map. I wonder if Tampa and Miami, they must have a spring training complex that is separate from their stadiums. They're not playing their stadiums for spring training. But, they but do. they must be in that same area. I know the Yankee the Yankees are in Tampa. I know that. Yes. Um there's actually a lot that are in the Tampa St. Pete area. Okay. Um that's probably where the majority of the concentration is. There'd probably be four or five of them there. Okay. But there's probably two or three on the way. I have a picture. Uh, that I took next to a map of of the whole where all of them are. Uh-huh. Maybe I can find that on my phone uh, during a commercial break. But yeah, it's it's there's a certain feeling in the air, and I think it encompasses a lot of Florida during spring training. Yeah. Of like, ah, it is spring. It's always been nice here. It didn't get bad, but mm-hmm. it is spring, and it feels like you know there's baseball in the air. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, Justin Morneau. <laughs> Justin Morneau. Uh, he gets drafted, and then he plays in an all-star game up in Canada before he reported. He asked him if he could because he was going to play this. And then I think he broke his wrist that year, right before he reported. So they're like, okay. So that, But then he comes down, and he says, he says, I almost gave up football because he was a big hockey player too. And he, not football, baseball. He says, I almost gave up baseball. I played hockey, and I was good at it, and I liked it. He goes, because I had never been in the heat in – Florida, he goes, it was the middle of July. He goes, it's 100 degrees out. It's 100% humidity. There's five people at the game. You're sweating profusely. It's just miserable the whole summer when you play. But it, it, it's a little more mild there when you're down there in, in March, obviously. Yeah, you, last year it was probably in the high 70s. Maybe it got to the low 80s at points, but it was, it was beautiful. It was the exact kind of weather you want to play baseball in. Very relaxing. Yeah. Um, what kind of what kind of stadium do they have? Is it is it? What, they play games there, Double A, so they must be. Is it as many as ten thousand, or is it less than that, or is? Um, it's probably ten or twelve thousand. Is it the size of the um, Red Hawks? It's bigger than the Red Hawks. Okay, it's yeah. bigger than the Red Hawks. Um, and they have full outfield seating too. Well, oh. not full, but they but they, they have, have seating in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And does it feel like a pretty? Uh, is it a pretty nice complex with all the amenities with? You couldn't ask for more amenities. They wow. they have all the fields. They have all the technology. I'm sure they had even more that we didn't see. Uh-huh. You can peer into the batting cages a little bit, and they got 30,000 iPads in there capturing everything. And then they, they finish. Carlos Correa was the one that used it the most. He'd, he'd swing, he'd swing, he'd swing. And then he'd take a break. He'd go over, and he'd watch his swings. Um, really? Yeah. And, and he, he'd watch them regular, and then you could peer in. He was watching them in slow motion a little, too. He's getting really intricate with it. And speaking of which, um, there's some footage of Carlos Correa already this this spring in uh, Fort Myers. Uh-huh. Um, I recognized it when I saw the video. I was like, oh, I know exactly where he's at uh, in the complex. And it looks like he's lowering his, his wrists a little, lowering the hands and uh, just maybe getting uh-huh. a little quicker to the ball, a little different. That uh, is, that's just crazy. 
to me that that that. So was he working with a coach when you saw him there, or was he just by himself in there and able to kind of run the machines by himself? Um, the video I saw didn't have a coach in it, but I'm sure that there was a coach there. Dave uh-huh. Dave Popkins was probably in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, because when I was there last year, Dave Popkins was working with him the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, because apparently it seems like Carlos Correa is the kind of guy that's like. I'm gonna get this down to the exact millimeter where I'm where I'm holding my hands, you know, for how long before I, you know, cut into the swing. I think he's a real meticulous guy, uh, just based on what I've seen with my own eyes. Wow, that's just it's, it's. I just I just love stories like that where the guys. It's so different than when, you know, when I was a kid. It was uh, um, Ozzie Smith tells a story that when he got drafted by the, the Padres and he got up to the Padres. They didn't have a hitting coach. This was in the seventies. He said they didn't have a hitting coach, and they just basically said, "Well, we drafted you because you're good." And he said, "I basically had to learn on my own." Wow. And he said, "I asked a lot of older players and stuff like that, but it was it was learning on my own." And that's crazy that you'd have these multi million dollar athletes just kind of figuring it out on their own. You know, it's different now, but one hundred percent different now. You you wouldn't. I mean, that'd be dereliction of duty by yeah. a front office if you didn't hire a hitting coach at this point. Well, we got a lot coming up. Rob Manfred stepping down. We'll talk about yeah, that briefly. Yeah, let's talk about that. If you want to text into our text club and join in the discussion, uh, you can reach. You can text in at three five two seven zero. If you have any questions or anything you'd like to talk about, you're listening to the Home Run Porch on the Mighty 790 104.7 KFGO. to the Home Run Porch on the Mighty 790 and 104.7 KFGO. Home Run Porch is taking over for Couch Potato Radio. Will Thompson, Kevin Kennedy, in for Derek Hansen. I like this song, Kevin. Shipping off to Boston. Yeah, I still have a little bit of clam. I do, too. I, just, just, I think of it with baseball. I know they played at all sport, sporting events. It's, it, it's a pan-sport sort of song, yeah. but I, it, it reminds me of two things. One... Uh, we did it at the U whenever there was a third down that we really needed to pick up. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. And then two, uh, it reminds me of like this idea of like, oh, the Twins are heading to Boston for yeah. a series, and we need to win this series. Yeah. I, they just associate, I mean, shipping off to Boston. They're yep. shipping off to Boston. It makes sense, yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's another one of my bucket lists is to go see a game at Fenway. I was supposed to see one at Fenway in 2021. Um my uh, partner kind of dropped the ball on that one. We don't have to mull over that too much. <laughs> I stayed at a hotel. I was there for a school training thing years ago, and we were in a, in a hotel three blocks from there. So we actually got to drive around. We actually told the cab driver when we went somewhere, says, just drive around the stadium so I can see it from the outside. But it was it was kind of sad during seeing it in, the, in, like, whatever it was, March or – February, whenever I was there, but still, it's a cool, cool place. We did drive by it. I'll, I'll give my partner credit for that. We drove by the stadium, and it looks very cool. I'd, I'd love to have gone into it. Um, but we got breaking news today, yes, MLB yes. news. Uh, any more rules changes in the text club? Uh, yeah, before we get into the breaking news, let's cover that. There's yeah. uh, two rule changes. Two rule changes. The big one that I think is going to have, I don't know it's going to have much of a difference. There's shortening the pitch clock when a man's on base from 20 seconds to 18 I don't. I, I thought. I don't think they really needed to do that. They said that the average pitcher 
the overall was like 17.8. So that's why they, they kind of scooched it down because mm-hmm. um, people weren't using that time. But here's the thing. It, they, they dropped the game length to 239. So the average game was two hours and 39 minutes. It had been 304. And the last time it was below, the last time it was even close to that was it was 240 back in 1985. I think everybody noticed the shortness last year, and yes. it was a big enough deal. I, the little tweaking thing, I, I know that their, their, their philosophy is, oh, we've got the, the younger generation doesn't have the attention span, which is absolutely true. But the great thing about baseball is you can be sitting at a game, and between pitches, yes, you can look at your phone for 10 seconds because there's a leisurely quality to baseball. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, you and I, when we were at the, the Angels game, we would be sitting there, and you're always you're always have your phone ready to go with the stats and stuff. And I would say, "Oh, what's his? Oh, he, last year he had a three point blah blah blah." And you always had those things ready to go, so it was kind of cool that way. But I, I don't know the two seconds. I don't know it's going to make that big of a difference. I don't think it will. I, I think that if they're going to tinker in a very tiny way, I don't I don't mind it because I think it'll stop them from tinkering in the future if it doesn't mm-hmm. make any change this season. Um, and I don't think it will. I, I, I mean, don't think so either. They said uh, in the the readout that we were reading yesterday that like something like ninety four percent of pitches thrown last year were thrown with more than two and a half seconds on yeah. the clock. So th- I, they don't they don't anticipate it's going to cut much time, if yeah. any at all. So, but that's that's one of the rule changes. The other rule change is uh, also a minutia, minute kind of ticky tacky thing. Um, it's, it has to do with the running lane when you're going yep. to first. Um, so they've extended it now onto the inside. Is to, that what to, it is? It's extended it to the grass, okay. which is a little bit wonky with the, so many teams having artificial turf. And some of the teams are having to modify their actual turf because of it. I don't know how exactly what the distance is because we read that the other day. But the, the running lane for the, for the guy running to first base is extended inside the first baseline a few inches and when you see, like, when a guy bunts or hits a slow roller down the first baseline and the pitcher runs over and gets it, what you always see in the game is that the first baseman, the rule is the first baseman puts his foot on the bag and then stretches as far as he can into the infield to provide a target for the first baseman or the catcher or the pitcher or the catcher who's going to throw that ball. They're going to still do that. Yeah. Um, in the old days, you could drill the, the batter in the back. Um, if he was in the in the way of your throw, you can't do that anymore. Well, they were doing it again now. I think is the problem. Oh, they are. are they are they allow if he's in the lane though, they can't hit him. Is that the deal? Well, if he's in the lane, so this is the old rule. Yeah. If he was in the lane, or if he was not in the lane and he yeah. was hit, then the batter was out. I think that what happened was a couple of years ago they they made this change because you're right. It, it was a thing in the olden days in the 80s. They'd bean people. Uh, and they made a change at some point. Maybe it was the 80s. Maybe it was the 90s. Um, but then they made another slight modification a couple of years ago. And it resulted in this situation where, okay, there's an incentive that if he is, you know, half of a millimeter on yeah. the line, let me just drill this guy yeah. and it'll be interference. So they've eliminated that. So I don't think that it happened often. No. I would say probably less than 1% of all plays that involve the catcher or pitcher throwing to first base. Yeah. It's it's a very rare thing, but but it's going to it's going to take out that unsavory aspect of catchers just drilling people. I mean, in the they, back. they're working hard to get rid of the uh, um, the football-like qualities of baseball, you know. They, it used to be, I mean, I very well remember 
you know, catchers getting the throw from the outfield and blocking that plate and being ready to to take the the guy literally just going to run him over. Yeah. I think that was a good rule to get rid of that. Yeah. But it seems like they're trying to tweak away all of the little things, you know, guys uh, sliding in. You know, the big thing is obviously guys need to slide if the guys, it's a double play and they need to slide so the guy can make the clean throw to first base. I mean, there's a lot of little things like that I think it need to happen. They're just tweaking. It it doesn't feel like in football, with football every year, it seems like they're making major changes. And it's like, oh, this is going to change the way the game is played to some degree. Yeah. And baseball had those a couple times over the last couple of years. But now I think we've got a pretty settled rule set. There's always going to be these little tiny, you know, tweaking on the margins things. And obviously the the big thing that will potentially come down the pipeline is not a fully automated strike zone, maybe. Maybe they'll start with the the challenge system yeah. where you can challenge a couple calls a game, but that'd be the only big rule change I see on the horizon. I, I, I really don't like the whole idea of robot umps. I, that whole idea that there's I, yes, nowadays you know it was even like what ten years ago they would do the it was the fox pitch tracks where they'd show the box where the strike zone was. Yeah, and they'd only do it for one inning, and now of course it's every inning. And I think as a fan, I really like that. I like being able to see. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like as a as a fan, if it's the width of a baseball outside, but the, the ump's calling it regularly for both teams, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Um, because it it's a dynamic thing. You're not perfect. Yeah. And we've got the rule challenge. I, 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 I was really afraid when they brought in um, replay a couple years ago because I thought, oh no, because you know, it's it's such it's so clunky with football mm-hmm. and they've never fixed it and no. it's just still it's still and now we're so used to it in football that's like okay we've got to keep this and they and i think baseball thought well, we got to get on this bandwagon but they've done a good job the best thing they did was make it so that the the challenges don't happen at the ballpark they happen out in new jersey at a at a central site that's yeah. run by mlb so that's one thing you know nfl should do that too as a matter of fact but, they do now oh, that's, do they? That's, okay, yeah. you know that. but it okay. took them decades though or well yeah. maybe not decades yeah, it, but, it took them a while to realize yeah. well i mean we should outsource this job. yeah because it feels like it, there's oh is it somebody that's getting paid off by, no if it's just done by nfl yeah well, uh, so as a rule the, for baseball it happens pretty quick and i've we've learned to live with it it's just a modern thing i get i, I think it's pretty slick in baseball and, yeah. and it, it eliminates the the kind of plays that it's it's pretty obvious he was safe, but he called him out, and I guess he's out. It eliminates that aspect yeah. of the game. I, I think it's good, and that's why I, I am categorically opposed to full automatic strike zones. Yeah. I don't want that. I'm okay with the challenge system. I'm okay with having a couple you know, moments in each game. I saw it in the minor leagues last year, and it, it worked pretty slick. So the idea is that the, a manager would have two or three strike challenges per game or something like Not that? Not even the manager. The only people that could challenge the pitch are the pitcher, the catcher, or the batter. Okay. And and they just, the either the pitcher, the batter, or the catcher, they just give the over-the-ears sign. I want to I uh-huh. look at that one. And then they just immediately roll it. It takes about four seconds. And is there a limit to how many they can do per game? Yep. There's nine, I believe, is what they were experimenting with. Okay. Um. Or maybe it was even less. I, I think there was actually a couple different rule sets that they experimented with. Okay. So who knows what they're eyeing for the majors. Um, I think that they are eyeing it. Um, and the commissioner under the new uh, collective bargaining agreement has full unilateral ability to implement a automated strike zone within 40 days of opening day. So it could happen. 
in the next two days, yeah. it could it, still it, happen. I don't think it's going to happen this year. I, I think, think they've so. got it. They've got to fully implement it. The, the smart thing that baseball does is they implement it in, in the minor leagues for a year or two before they bring it up to the major leagues because they had the pitch clock and all that stuff. They tried that out down the lower levels, and I think that's the way to do it. Yeah. Plus, then those players, when they come up to the major leagues, they've they've been playing under that that system in the minor leagues, so they're used to it. I mean, we're yeah, we've grandfathered in a lot of older players that you know didn't have the pitch clocks, and there was some. It was a little wonky at the beginning of the season, but by by June, everybody was used to it. Yeah, it was rare to get a, a delay, uh, ball call and that stuff like that. It happens, but it didn't happen. I thought it would happen a lot more than it did. So I, I feel like the pitch clock was an unmitigated uh, success. success. It was. Yeah. It was really yeah. a success, and I think most people would agree with that. I think pretty much they were saying mid season, like, yeah, this was this worked. So speaking of the commissioner and all yes. these rule changes, this, these will be the legacy of Rob Manfred. Mm-hmm. And uh, Rob Manfred announced today that he will be stepping down at the end of his term, which is five years in the future. Um, this offseason, he was given a new five-year contract, and he told the owners privately, and now he's telling the public that this is this is the last of it. The quote we read was, uh, you only have so much you can do in one life or something oh, like so that. You can only have so much fun, wasn't it? You yeah, have so yeah, much can... fun in one life. Yeah. <laughs> so he's 65. He'll be 70 when he steps down. I mean, it makes sense. You can only do the job for so long. I don't know how old Bud Selig was when he well, stepped away. Well, I had a lot of problems with Bud Selig being the commissioner just because it was, he was a compromise pick and he was an owner. It was weird. Which That's weird. I think technically he transferred the, run, the day-to-day running of the Brewers to one of his kids or something. There was some... Uh, but it was it was garbage and and it, 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 Bud Selig really wanted what was best for baseball. I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think with any of the major leagues, yes, we know who the commissioner of football is. We know who the commissioner of baseball is. But I couldn't tell you. Well, I guess basketball could, but I couldn't tell you who it is for hockey. I have no, no. idea who it is. And that might just be our ignorance of the sport. Yeah. Um, but I like it that way. We shouldn't know. Yeah. That that should be a non thing and that person shouldn't be famous and sh- you know they, they they're overseeing a product they're the ceo of a product but i mean baseball's unique i think among major league sports of course but i i, I have no problem with ron madford i can't think of anything controversial that he's done no i mean it's just the rule changes and if you, know? you don't like the rule changes then you've got a problem with rob manfred i was a, a huge anti we called it manfred ball the ghost runner at second i don't like yes, that i still don't like that yeah. rule and hopefully, well, I haven't seen what's happening. I, they didn't announce any changes. So no, that's not changing. changing. But they took it out in the playoffs, which I think is good. Yes. Um, I don't think a single playoff game went to extra innings. No. Last and year. also, you know, a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, said, he goes, I don't like it, but if they're going to do it, I understand wanting to, you know, not wanting the game to go on infinitely. But he said, put the guy in, in the 12th inning if yeah. it goes that long. And I'm like, yeah. I like that you know, one. I like even putting him just at first instead. Yeah. Um, well, they want him in scoring positions, so if there's a base hit, he's going to score. And let's be honest, with no nobody out, you should get that run in. You should. You, you, know? you definitely should. Um, yeah, it, it, I still don't like that rule. Uh, but I, I'm one of those guys, I don't mind the game keeping going on. Yeah. You know? Well, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. You know? And at the same time, I don't like that rule, but I... I I like what Rob Manfred's done to the game. Uh-huh. It's just this one specific thing I don't like. I think in general, though, I if I'm if I'm anybody in uh, commissioner in baseball, I want to be Rob Manfred. I think that legacy is better than Bud Selig. Bud yes. Selig's tied to the steroid era. Um, He's I'll, tied to the steroid era. 
I mean, he's not to blame for for the Pete Rose situation. I still think I would really like to see Pete Rose get in before he dies. I do think he will be put in after he dies if he's not put in before. I think it's ridiculous. I'm you know I'm a, I'm not a huge Pete Rose fan, but I, I I remember him playing, and I think it's one of those things. It's like there's a lot of things we should be mad about baseball at, but that's not one of them. You know. I, th- I think that the steroids a much different thing than than Pete Rose's situation, but it, I agree it's very different. Um, and taking a, a drug to purposefully cheat is definitely different yeah. than than anything he was doing. But we got a couple more minutes here after the break. Uh, little Jersey controversy, yes. and we're not talking New Jersey. We're talking what you wear. This is the Home Run Porch on the Mighty Seven Ninety and One Hundred Four Point Seven KFGO. You're listening to The Home Run Porch with Will Thompson and Kevin Kennedy. I just love this song. Yeah, I like this one even more than the Shipping Off to Boss. This is yeah. one of my favorite baseball songs. Yes. This is a good one. This is the one that, that I got from my son. He's there playing this, and I didn't know what it was. And the whole thing on baseball walk-up music and stuff like that, because he said, oh, the, the Mets have the best walk-up music because they have all these Spanish players and stuff like that. And he goes, like, Danza Cadu, and I'm like, what is Danza Kaduro? Yeah, they play this at every stadium, yeah. by the way, John. Yes. Just just for your reference. Well, uh, um, we're going to talk about jerseys, and I just so listeners can envision the uh, the studio here. I'm sitting across from Will. He's about 15 feet away from me, and he is wearing his cream-colored Twin Cities um, Twins jersey. It says Twin Cities across, and 25 is... Buxton. Buxton, yeah. It it I still think that's their best looking jersey that they have right now. I agree with that one hundred percent. Great looking jersey. We'll see what is released. So we know now officially that yes, the Minnesota Twins will get a new jersey this year. It's called a City Connect jersey. Okay, what does that mean? So every team has their four regular jerseys okay. um that they wear. And, and they then- usually wear it says the in town, or when they're away, it says the city, right? Or it says Minnesota, or or no, is it home? It says Twin Cities or Minnesota? Um, the home ones uh, are this Twin Cities one, and then the away and the says twins, twins and no, the home says Twins, home says twins and, and then the away the one has yeah, okay. Minneapolis or Minnesota, excuse yes. me. Um, I don't know if that's a, a hard rule for every team. Um, I think that. Well, I don't know either. But yeah. I think that that's usually generally the way they do it. But the hard rule is four jerseys. You only yep. get four now. Okay. But you do get your fifth extra one, and it's called the City Connect jersey. And so it's it's a more um, adventurous is the word that Dave St. Peter used um, mm-hmm. to describe it. Uh, maybe a little more risks are taken with the design. Um, chick- okay, you just showed me a picture of... of um, uh, uh, Royce Lewis in what you thought was a, the jersey during the break, just two seconds ago. Well, so that's the rumor right now. Okay. Uh, today, Royce Lewis posted on Instagram a picture of him in. Wait, the, Royce Lewis posted it? Yeah, it was Royce Lewis posted this. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we think that this is a fan edit because it's Royce Lewis wearing a baby blue powder blue powder jersey. blue yeah. Oh, yeah powder blue jersey, um, and it says MSP on the front in, in very basic scroll. And then uh, the red star is above the the S. I mean, it's a hideous uniform. Yeah, I don't like it at all. If these are our City Connect jerseys, I'm gonna go on the record right now 
and say that I I don't like him okay. at all. I, I, I cut you off. What's what's the theory behind the city connect? I don't get that. What's, what's well, that? it's just some some way to connect to the city. So because um, I would have thought that your Twin Cities one would have been our city connect one. Yeah, this has been the thing all since last year when we got our new jerseys. Is mm-hmm. people are like, well, the Twin Cities one that's not their city connect. No, it's not that. And so what? Um, I, it was either Derek Felvey or Dave St. Peter's said at Minnesota Twins Fest was that. Um, there's this one, which is a little more conservative, a mm-hmm. uh, l- little simpler, and then the the City Connect one's going to be a little more adventurous, a little more. Okay, you told me the ones that started this. Was it San Francisco that started it? San Fran had one to begin. And what um, what was unique about one. it? I'm trying to think what the jersey looked like. They they've got this. It's white, and then they've got orange accents on them, and okay. it's kind of like dotted in a, a geometric shape on the sleeves. Okay. Um, they look really good. I like the San Francisco ones. The Rockies ones are they've got the Rocky Mountains in the background. Oh, and it's, it's sort of it's a silhouette. The, oh, okay. Yeah. So all of them they're supposed to have something to do with where you're from. So this. What I think is a fan edit of Royce Lewis, it's MSP. So the, okay, the the idea is okay. It's Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yeah. That's the city. But I I don't think I don't think that these will be what they are. Um, I think that we're still going to be surprised. I've heard rumors that it is going to in, include the baby blue, powder blue, whatever you want to call it. Maybe some red as well, which mm-hmm. this one did have a little bit of red. So I'm a little nervous there. But I, I've also heard the rumor that maybe purple with Prince is going to get involved somehow. That would be crazy. Yeah, so this image in my head, I don't quite know what it is, but I, I, I'm reserving my right to say that they might be my favorite. If they're these ones that were leaked, to, well, leaked isn't, Royce Lewis just posted it on Instagram. I, I, I'm not going to like those. Um, I will buy them. I, I will buy one if, just, if it's that. The, the listeners need to know that uh, they asked us at the station to for the Twins Caravan. They said, okay, we got to decorate the sanctuary a little bit. Uh, anybody that has jerseys, bring them in. I think everybody in the studio brought in four jerseys, and then Will brought in. How many did you bring in, like 20? Um, Something like that. It was yeah. around that. With yeah. all the jerseys, it was 20. Yeah. yeah. So how many jerseys do you have? I have. I, I emailed my professor at uh, school this over the break because he was interested. I think it's I think it's 14 jerseys that I have. Um, and you you get like the legit ones that the players wear, right? You have the, the official ones, right? Some of them not official or whatever. Yeah, well, so other ones that I own, I want to say eight of them are licensed products that the Twins sell. Mm-hmm. Um, this one that I'm wearing right now, my Byron Buxton Twin Cities Cream one, this is like the big ticket one. This is the the authentic, quote yeah. unquote. It's not the it's not the $100 one, $150 one that you can use. This is the one that I spent four bands on four or four hundred dollars yeah i I wore mine the day the caravan because i was in the studio and ron garner was in here and you walked up and you go hey that's a really nice jersey wait who what player is that and i showed you the back you go kennedy who's kennedy what the who did is he an old player i said no i just got my 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 future son-in-law works at shields and for my birthday my daughter and him bought a a twins jersey and a legit one a very expensive one i said what player do you want i said Put my my name and my number. Was, What's your number? I said, well, my number was ten. So put ten and put Kennedy on the back. It also confused me because I yeah. know that ten is retired. Yes. from Tom Kelly. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, and the funny thing is, I was number ten when I played baseball because I was a huge Fran Tarkenton fan as a kid. So I just used ten in whatever sport I played if it was available. So that's my number. But I still wear that. I I I would have been interesting to have Cody Fundberg or one of those guys see it and go. Wait, who's Kennedy? <laughs> Especially Gardenhire. He would have seen it. And he saw the front of it, but he didn't see the back. He uh-huh. would have been like, 
Why are you wearing Tom Kelly's number? Well, I see we're up against the clock here. Briefly, I want to get in as well. Uh, not only controversy in Minnesota having to do with Royce Lewis and the, the Jersey leaks, there's controversy across the league where it comes to jerseys. Fanatics is taking over um, the jersey creation and selling and oh, distribution. Really? Yeah, And they don't look good right now. Uh, and so people are speculating maybe they just didn't put a lot of effort into the spring training jerseys, but they're... Uh, they're the, the the lettering is like small. The the numbers are small. The the coloring is kind of faint. So mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll see when opening day starts what the jerseys look like. But hopefully they're. Will better. we have about ten seconds? Who do we have tomorrow? Uh, tomorrow we got on my friend Dakota Fay. He's going to be on the home run porch talking a little baseball. Yes, and we we were talking to him earlier and in, in, about being on tomorrow. And he says, "Yeah, my favorite team is Atlanta." So we'll have a little chat about that. I'm Listen, to the home run porch. Mighty seven nine. Look at me.